Welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast with your host, Michael Sherlock. We all have potential, but sometimes we need inspiration to get us to our peak performance. Whether you are starting out in your career, ready to move up the corporate ladder, or taking the leap into entrepreneurship, Michael's guests provide powerful tools and resources to shock your potential. Shock Your Potential is a global professional development training company committed to your unique journey. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and download our free Shock Your Potential app today. Listen in to today's expert. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. I am your host, Michael Sherlock, and all month long, we are celebrating the veterans in our world and our lives who have made us safer for their very sacrifices of time and sometimes, unfortunately, of more than just the time. And my guest today has a a history of her service, but also in her family. So let me tell you a little bit about it. Kadena Tate Served, well, she has served in uh, in the Marines, but let me tell you a little bit first about her father. He served in the Marines for four years and then the Air Force for 28. So I'm not sure what those arguments were back and forth at any dinner table, because, you know, whenever you go with the different branches, there's always some ribbing that goes along. And she was actually named after Kadena Air Force Base in Okinawa, Japan, because guess what? He was stationed there during Vietnam. Now she served in the Air Force for four years. So that's why I'm thinking she might've teased him a little bit in the Marines. I think I might've said the Marines before. So I apologize for that. But she believes this, that authenticity has no competition and no one craves the ordinary. So by owning all of who we are, the gifts, talents, strengths, abilities, and lessons that we've learned from you know those tough life experiences, as well as the good ones, we can contribute in delicious and delightful ways to healing and growth of humanity. Now, today she helps authors, business coaches, and speakers who are suffering from something that we've all known a little bit about, burnout, overgiving, under-earning, and she helps them to leverage their expertise by creating online courses, membership programs, masterminds, and e-commerce stores. She's also the author of Cultivating Courage, The Path to Reclaiming Your Power, and also a contributing author of the New York Times bestseller called Business Model You. So joining me today in Kadena, I hope anybody listening doesn't hear that I originally said you spent time in the Marines because then they're <laughs> going to give me real grief, but I'm not redoing that intro because we got it. So thank you for joining me. <laughs> thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And since I know you and your husband met in the Air Force, I know when he listens to this episode, he's going to go, oh, I think that's oh. But we can have, we see, I don't have to be perfect. I just have to own up to it when I make a mistake. Absolutely. <laughs> so I hit the highlights, Kadena. Tell us a little bit more. You know, this month we're highlighting veterans, spouses of veterans, children of veterans. You know, we're trying to not only recognize people who have, you know, been in that service, who, but who've taken their learnings there and created entrepreneurial journeys. But first, tell us a little bit about your time in your service. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna answer that question, but I'm gonna actually go back to my childhood because it starts oh, there. So good. as you stated, my dad was a Marine first and then he was in the Air Force. The reason that he made the switch is because he did three tours in Vietnam and he said, this I cannot do as an aircraft mechanic. So he switched to the Air Force so that that would stop, right? And so he became yeah. a 
recruiter. So for the entire time he was in the Air Force, he was in recruiting and he became the MEPS officer, the military entrance processing officer at the station in New Orleans. So that's where I grew up. So I watched my father as a child, I'm the eldest of four. And so the things about him that really, um, cause my father's passed on, the thing about him, because people would say you're so spoiled and you like idealize your father, like he's a superhero. I said, you don't understand. My father walked his talk. Yeah. He didn't talk his walk. He very rarely, like, you know, he talked, right? Obviously like in jokes and stuff like this. But what impressed me was the fact that if he told you he was going to do something, he did it. And I watched the way he treated my mother and I mm -hmm. watched the way that he showed up and that you know, that made me feel really proud. So then when I graduated from high school, I went into the Air Force to follow in his footsteps because I couldn't afford to go to college. Mm -hmm. So when I went into the Air Force, I was an X-ray tech. And that is not my personality. <laughs> I've always been a person, always like, I can't even like, seriously, I'm the friend. If you said to me, I like to sew and I like to do this, I would be the person that would set up your little business for you, right? As a uh, child, I'm the yeah. lemonade stand girl and all this stuff. So I did <laughs> not like it. And the, the, I love the fact that we were all on base. Everybody was fit, right? <laughs> they had all right. these beautiful amenities. And I just, to me, the military, even now, I still have friends that I served with and it's like a family, right? So there's a camaraderie because you have shared values. So for me, it was more so about shared values, ethics, morals, and how that in a, is aligned to the way that you live your life. So not talking about being a particular way, but actually being that way. That's what I love most about the military then. And actually that's what I love still about it today. Well, and I, I love the fact that you're like, why people were like, why do you idolize your father? And as you were saying that, I was like, well, there's no reason why we can't idolize our fathers. Even Absolutely. if some, I mean, my father's been gone for 20 years, almost 20 years to the day. Um, and I know that my memory of him is a lot more rosy than it was in reality. I know he was not near the saint that I remember him to be today. <laughs> But there's nothing wrong with having those good feelings because the vast majority of my life with him was good. I was always safe. It was always healthy. Yes. To your point, I saw him treat my mother wonderfully. I was the last of six kids. There's no reason why we can't have those moments and, and idolize them a little bit because there was a great foundation there. Absolutely. And I'll tell you this, I'm really blessed because I had moved away, right? And I was gone. And then I moved. So I was living in, my husband and I were living in Fairfax, Virginia. My father became very ill. So we came home. When I came home, he looked me directly in my eyes and he said to me, I was 46. And he said, oh, I get a second chance to be a better father. And I remember looking at him like he was crazy. I said, what are you talking about? You were a great father and you are a great father. And he said, I was impatient. I was a yeller. Wow. I said, that's true, but here's the thing that you don't realize. You weren't abusive, not verbally, mentally, emotionally, sexually, financially, physically. Right. So you, you know, you were very giving and very caring. And even though you were the who, what, where, when, why, how person, which got on my nerves, <laughs> I can honestly say I was safe because you were that way. Do you know what I'm saying? So sometimes I think that 
you're right. The way we see them as, as a child is one thing, as an adult is another thing. But what I love is that he made it a point in his life to like be the better friend parent, right? <laughs> to me as yeah. I got older. And I just appreciated him being honest about what he felt were shortcomings. It's just like you said, you make right. a mistake, you, you take accountability and you just share it and keep it pushing. Right. Yeah. Oh, I love that too. So, Kadina, what did, what did the military do for you that, you know, helped you become an entrepreneur? I mean, I love the fact, first of all, you started out saying, look, I'm an x-ray tech. That was not me, but it got me through, it got me through, you know, my education, get, gave me what I needed, but what, what in that service helped you to become the entrepreneur that I know you are today? All of it. Because so here's the thing. So I have a very strong work ethic. And, you know, people like you get so much stuff done, right? Because I get up early and I get mm-hmm. stuff done, right? I'm very disciplined and very focused. And I believe in the completion of a task. And I do not spin into procrastination. I do. And this was the issue. I did spin into perfectionism and mm-hmm. people pleasing, right? And then for many years, I got confused about excellence versus perfection. And I would be sp- spinning into overgiving and under earning, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, you know, entrepreneurship. One of the things I like to tell people, entrepreneurship is a sacred journey. And so we kind of look at it like the, the outward piece, but it's really the inner manifesting as the outer. So all the ways in which I felt like I had to be and do all the things, right? Because I learned that from being a military dependent and then being in the military. It was like the idea that I had of myself was that I had to be bigger than life, perfect. And it just, um, on one side of the coin, it has served me well. And on the other side of the coin, it it, um, introduced me to what I call failing forward, right? Mm -hmm. So let me give you a very quick example because I don't want anybody to be confused. So I'm the eldest of four. So I was always responsible from a very young age. I've been taught responsibility. That's a good thing. But as an entrepreneur, I would assume a false sense of responsibility for my client's success. I would be so attached to the outcome that sometimes I would do their work for them. And so I had to unlearn certain things. So the same thing that's a gift can also <laughs> be Absolutely. the thing that you, where you have to learn how to set boundaries and you have to have a new paradigm associated with that behavior, right? Yes. Yeah. And I love the fact also that you, uh, two things uh, that I wrote down, you know, the, the understanding of when you re- realize the difference in your actions of, of seeking excellence versus perfection. I totally understand exactly what you mean by that. And I've fought that my entire life as well. But entrepreneurship as a sacred journey, you're right. I had not thought of it in those terms, but in the last year, especially year and a half since uh, all the chain, almost two years, you know, to the beginning of the pandemic and complete change in my business and many other businesses, there was so much soul searching in that time. What does my new business look like? Do you give up? Do you keep going? Do you, yes. you know, all, all those things that only you, you can talk about them with other people. You can work through it with your you know, business coach. You can talk to your spouse or business partner, all those things. But at the end of the day, if you, if you own your business, you have to come to grips with that in your whole, in your own head. Yes. And it is, it is solitary in many ways 
but it is a soul searching uh, journey that once you make the decisions and you move forward, you are making them with really strong intention, which is sacred. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the other, the other thing to piggyback on what you said. So one of my foundations is the commitment to do the right thing, even when no one's looking, because it's about legacy. So I'm always asking myself the question, right? 25 years from today, 50 years from today, hundred years from today, what do I want to be remembered for? And so that also drives my behavior today, right? And I really think that that is formed inside the military because when you look at people who dedicated their entire lives, I mean, I know thousands of people who served their entire 30 years, right? From they graduated from high school, they went straight into the military, they retired at 42, and then they went back in, right? To like, into a government job to still work in the military capacity to be of service to people. So all of those people share, no matter what their jobs are, the common thread is service and it's service before self. And I feel like that's the thing that's missing outside, if you will, of the military. I don't wanna separate people and create division, but I feel like a lot of people don't understand what service really means nor do they understand what freedom really means. Yeah. So service and freedom are huge themes that people have these idealistic views about, but they're not necessarily living them. And when you're surrounded by people who, you know, um, my husband was a critical care nurse. So he was critical care air transport. And so for example, in, in Operation Iraqi Freedom, you know, he had to go, you you pick up dead bodies, right? And then you transport them back to Siganella Air Force Base. When you see these kids, you know, 18 to 21 with loss of life or limb, it affects you differently because you understand that they gave the ultimate sacrifice, right? So whether it's Veterans Day or Memorial Day to just have picnics and just kind of wave your flags and we cheer, we're not really recognizing the true contribution of our service members. Mm-hmm. And that's a trigger for me. So that's, and I, that's, and that's what this is all about. You know, I mean, this, this theme that we started last year um, to me is really important to get us all with, whether we're entrepreneurs or business people, or just human beings, let's recognize the different pieces that we have in our lives that give us yes. opportunity, give us freedom. And, and let's really take a moment to understand more what people uh, who have given their service have done for us. And I think it's really important. I love it. Well, I'm um, grateful. Thank you. I, and I am too. I'm gl- grateful to have you. We're going to take a quick break, Kadena. We're going to hear from our sponsor. And when we come back, we're going to learn a little bit more about you and your business. So just join us here in one moment. Imagine starting a long journey without a map, or even a clear idea of the obstacles ahead. That's exactly what it's like for entrepreneurs who start companies with a lot of passion, but without the financial expertise to grow and scale their businesses and create long-term wealth for their families. Find a financial advisor who can help you map a better journey. Wayne Titus shows you how in his book, The Entrepreneur's Guide to Financial Well-Being. With the right advisor at your side, you'll have the freedom to focus on what really matters to you. Get the Entrepreneur's Guide to Financial Well-Being at Amazon.com and in the virtual bookstore on the Shock Your Potential app. 
And we are back with Kadena Tate. And uh, I, I, um, I love everything we've talked about. I'm taking all kinds of notes. Um, and I do think, you know, your theme of sacrifice before service or before self or service, I'm sorry, service, service before, before self is so, um, it's important, not just for your military career, but also from a business perspective. And I, I'm kind of curious to, to learn more about your business because I have a strange feeling that that kind of ethical standard is your gold standard, not just because you have a beautiful gold logo, but tell us a little bit more about you and your business and what you do and how you help people to shock their potential. So I'm a revenue strategist. And the reason that I'm a revenue strategist is because, so there's three foundations here. So number one, I'm a woman. As women, we have been socialized to serve but not be compensated. So when you start your business, you don't necessarily know how to price the value of what you do. So there was a disconnect there, right? I knew that I was good at all these different things, but I didn't know how to price. So I had to figure that out. And then other people would say, how did you figure that out? And I'd say, oh, I can teach you. So then that's where the revenue strategy came into play. Mm -hmm. So I've always been fascinated by business. What's the foundation of a business? How do you grow a business from the ground up? How do you serve people? How do you create something that's unique? You know, like just how do you do this? So that's how I became a business model designer. And then Mm -hmm. the final thing is one of my biggest things as I love to look at ads and commercials and just how people market themselves. I'm fascinated by people's gifts and how they present them to the world. I'm talking about with integrity, not this pushy hard sales doing all the things, just you being you, like, how do you do that? So that's how I became a marketing strategist. So what ended up happening was I started out on a different path. I started out selling houses. So I was a realtor. And I sold 111 houses in my first year. And my broker said to me, how are you selling all these houses? And I was like, it's easy. And he said, no, it's not easy. The average realtor only sells 12 houses. I would like to um, follow you. He said, I want to shadow you. And I was like, okay. And we spent the day on. So my version of the story is we spent the day just running around with me visiting people. Mm -hmm. His version of the story is that I stopped at all these different builders models, brought people Girl Scout cookies, gave them hugs, wrote handwritten notes in the car, Mm -hmm. put them into the mailbox and so on. So I started teaching marketing first. (laughs) So that was the first thing I did. So he's the person who told me that I was a marketer. Now, Mm -hmm. After the military, I started working for British Airways. So I worked for British Airways for 20 years in customer service. And then I also was a customer service trainer. So the other thing that people would ask me is about all your customer service skills. I thought that's like basic because when I was a child, (laughs) when I was a child, this is where the military comes back in. We would have to answer the phone. Tate residents, Kadena speaking, how may I help you? So to me, that's just like, it's no big deal, right? Also, we had to write thank you cards to everybody. So to me, the stuff that I just naturally did, I did not realize that those were the foundations of what was growing my business. So I started teaching that. So of course, because I had all the perfectionist drama, I literally started studying all these different things. And then I started, people would say, well, I want to do this. How do I do that? I would say, I'll figure it out. 
And so that's how, that's how I came to do what I do today. But the, oh, I would say to you that maybe the biggest struggle that my people have had, and you, you nailed it, right? It's the gold standard. I want you to do your best. I don't believe in throwing stuff together. Girl, we got weapons as children. You can't throw your stuff. You can't just throw, like what I say to people is you don't get to put um, sugar on poo and serve it to people, right? You need to give them your best, Yes. You're very best. So they say, you're doing that military thing you do. And I'm like, yeah, but that's why you hire me, right? Yeah, exactly. Because you, you don't, you're not hiring me because you're trying to partially do something or just throw some stuff together. You're hiring me so that I can actually help you walk your talk and yeah. engage in a higher level of service because your life impacts another life, right? Your words, your actions impact other people and to be responsible and accountable. So it goes back to the military, just foundational values. I love it. As you were talking about that with your clients saying, um, (laughs) you're going all military. It reminds me of when I work with the people over time and they'll say, when they'll come to me with leadership challenges and say, I think I know what you're going to say, but let me tell you a whole situation. And I get done and I go, yes, "Mm -hmm." what do you think I'm going to say? And they'll, they'll say it exactly. I'm like, yep, we've been working together long enough. You know, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Right. Well, my people, they're funny, right? When I first started, women would cry on me and say, I don't want to lead. And I'm like, well, you got to go somewhere else. Cause if you're going to be with me, you have to learn how to lead. A business owner is a leader, right? And so you have to show up in a certain way, not so much because people are watching so that you can feel good about you right? Who wants to run a business? And then the FBI, the CIA, and all the other people run up through the doors and put you in handcuffs. That's not what you're trying to do. So, you know, they'll say, okay, I see, (laughs) but it's hard. Of course it is. (laughs) I say I look good in every color except for orange. Right. That part, pick your heart. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. So uh, just one last quick question, and we're near the end here, but so who's your ideal client? So if somebody's listening right now and they're thinking, think this might be the person what who's the ideal client to work with with you my ideal client is a female entrepreneur who's been in business at least three years and she's in burnout she's been spaying into overgiving and gross under earning and the truth be told she wants to burn her business to the ground but she's worked too hard and she believes in it and yeah. she's like i gotta find a different way to be in relationship because she believes in community and connection but she needs to be compensated so that's my ideal client so literally then what i do is i help them build a business around their expertise and their natural gifts because i don't believe in a one-size-fits-all formula because that's the whole purpose of having a business model it can be customized yeah. Right. Love it. Excellent. Well, I know we're going to have all your contact information on the show notes, but just in case somebody wants to look you up right now, cause they're like, I'm that person. <laughs> What's the best way for them to find you? Visit my website, kadinatate.com. That's the best way. Yeah. All right. And we will have the spelling also in the link in there, but it's Kadena, K-A-D-E-N-A. So Kadena, you got Tate. Everybody can figure that one out. But Kadena, before we go, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? Absolutely. To look within and know that you're worthy and deserving of health, wealth, loving, harmonious relationships, and the freedom of creative self-expression. Because at the end of the day, your business is designed to help other people live fuller, richer, and more rewarding lives. So believe in yourself, you got this. 
Beautiful. I love it. Kadena, thank you so much, not only for sharing, you know, your story with us and the story of your father, but also for sharing your enthusiasm for all that you do. You've been a great guest. Thank you. I'm so grateful. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com, including details on Michael's two best-selling books. Tell me more, how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees, and sales mixology, why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. Make sure to check out our Shock Your Potential app, on-demand professional training resources to help you excel in your career. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today.